Hello and welcome to this first episode of the Regulatory Radio podcast series. My name is Mick Lamble, Head of Regulatory Affairs at Freya, and in this episode we'll be talking about the European Medicines Regulatory Network. Europe has been at the forefront of many advancements in the governance of medicines, whilst also keeping compliance as a key requirement. How is this achieved? Well, let's discuss this and more with our guest for today, Gabriel Boronat. Gabriel is Director of Regulatory Information Management Strategy at Freya, and he's going to help us navigate through EU market authorization and other topics in future episodes as well. Any thoughts to kick us off with, Gabriel? Hello, Mick. Thanks for having me on the show today. Um, In terms of some initial thoughts, uh, I would say Europe has pioneered many technological and regulatory advancements. In fact, as a leader in the regulatory space, EMA was the first health authority to start a rolling review of COVID-19 vaccines. That's interesting to hear, Gabriel. Do you feel this has influenced approaches followed by other health authorities around the world? Yes, you can see their global impact as rolling review procedures are adopted by health authorities around the world. This highlights very well the impact of the EMA's influence on regulatory operations. Thanks for that, Gabriel. So moving on to the main subject today, let's start our discussion with a description of the European Medicines Regulatory Network. Absolutely. So approvals for medicines in Europe is the responsibility of a network of national competence authorities, or NCAs who work together within a regulatory network to ensure that medicines are safe, effective, and that they're monitored during their use. This is known as the European Medicines Regulatory Network. So I'm going to abbreviate that to EMRN for the sake of our discussion today. The way in which European countries have organized themselves into the European Union, let's call it the EU, means there is a single European market for pharmaceuticals reaching approximately 450 million people. And to be allowed to market your medicinal product in the European Union, a company first needs to obtain marketing authorization. Different paths are available for obtaining authorization, but that's perhaps a different topic for another podcast. And for the purposes of our discussion today, we will know these different paths as procedures. Thanks. And is it the case that not only human medicinal products are covered within the EMRN? That's correct. Veterinary products can also follow equivalent regulatory procedures leading to marketing authorization. Procedurally speaking, there are quite a few common ways of working that can apply to both human and veterinary products. But today, let's focus on regulation of human medicinal products. And whilst we're on the subject of human medicinal products, is it these market authorizations and this process that sets the market price for an approved medicine? Not quite. The purpose of the authorization is to establish the balance between benefits and risk. Will the product provide benefit to patients? and what are the associated risks or possible harms associated with use of this medicine. Economic considerations are excluded from the assessment for marketing authorization, so evaluation of the benefit cost is out of scope. That's something left for consideration by those who pay for drugs, for example through national public health systems, and typically this happens at an individual European member state level. But it's an interesting topic and a good idea for a future podcast episode. Thanks, that's clear for me. So help us understand, who are the participants in this regulatory network? So the EMRN is made up of over 40 national competence authorities. These NCAs cover both human and veterinary products, and between them they provide access to a Europe-wide network of over 2,500 regulatory and scientific experts. A working definition of the EMRN also encompasses many other stakeholders and partners and representatives of vested interests from key institutions of the EU. I'll go ahead and list them, 
because I think it's an interesting list and also helps portray the breadth of the network. There's the European Commission, the European Parliament, the Council of Europe and the European Pharmacopeia, the Official Medicines Control Laboratories Network, plus other European agencies such as the European Centre for Disease Control, the European Food Safety Agency, the European Monitoring Centre for Drugs and Drug Addiction. It's this distributed expertise which the EMRN relies upon to make sure that product approvals and marketing authorizations are safe, effective and beneficial for patients. With, with this large number of experts across the continent representing different stakeholders, interest groups and the various health authorities, how is everything coordinated across such a widely distributed network? Well, Mick, the, the EMRN is effectively supervised by the European Medicines Agency, or EMA. Based in Amsterdam in the Netherlands, they have many responsibilities. They provide a focal point for regulatory procedures. They provide the secretariat for key committees. They handle some back office financial functions. They coordinate the scientific review of dossiers submitted for marketing authorization approval. They help with consistency of information provided to patients and healthcare professionals. They advocate on behalf of the EMRN with other regulatory bodies around the world. They maintain guidance and standards and advice. They engage with industry and patient groups and civil society. Their scope is quite broad and they have many points of contact, yet they still manage to keep focused on expediting the work of the expert network. It's interesting to hear how this coordination works in practice, thanks. So moving on, can we go a little further into the granting of approvals? As we know, a marketing authorisation is required in Europe, but can you say a few words on the ways that that approval can be achieved? Yes. Uh, routes to approval or marketing authorisation depend upon factors such as the therapeutic indication and the target patient populations. Remember that in Europe today, all medicines should be authorised before they are approved for use with patients. There are a couple of ways of obtaining that authorisation. One, through what is known as the centralised procedure. And two, alternatively, there are the national marketing authorisation procedures. Within the EMRN, there is one system providing two routes for approval. Thanks, Gabriel. Could you take us through these main routes for approval? OK, route one is the centralised European route. Through the centralised procedure, the partners of the regulatory network provide an opinion that enables a single marketing authorization for the whole of the EU. Route 2 covers national procedures, the so-called mutual recognition and decentralized national routes. In national procedures, the individual national competence authorities authorize medicines for use in their own member states. Okay, thank you. So how expert inputs incorporated into the routes for marketing authorization? It's the network of European experts that underpins the work of the EMA's scientific committees and working parties, and the scientific competence of experts is guaranteed by their nominating NCA. It's also very important to note that the independence and integrity of experts is assured by public declarations of interest. For products following the centralised route, expert scientific opinions are presented and discussed and adopted by NCA delegates attending the core scientific committees, which are hosted by the EMA. The main committee for human medicines is the Committee for Medicinal Products for Human Use. But there are other scientific committees for other specific types of drugs. For national procedures, it's the individual NCAs who make the decisions on national marketing authorisation. So just to be sure, which body is actually responsible for the decision on whether to grant an approval? The CHMP makes formal recommendations based on scientific criteria for either positive or negative opinions regarding the safety and efficacy of a product, but it's the European Commission who makes the decision on centralised authorisation 
based on that CHMP opinion. And that's how products gain their approval and marketing authorization in Europe. Many thanks, Gabriel. That was a very helpful tour around the European Medicines Regulatory Network. Thanks, Mick. My pleasure. And after this informative session highlighting key points on the role of the EMRN in achieving regulatory approvals, stay tuned for another episode on Regulatory Radio, where we further discuss on other regulatory topics. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.